Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to the village. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of The Rutledge Perspective. And once again, I have an amazing woman as my guest on this episode. And I got a chance to meet her in another event that we had where we had experts come in. And I was just so taken with her experience and her perspective. I was like, you have to be on The Rutledge Perspective. So Janice, thank you so much for being here and being my guest today. Thank you for the invitation. So sweet. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what I'm going to do for you guys is I'm going to read a little bit of Janice's bio. And per usual, you'll be able to get her whole bio when you download the episode, um, because that'll be in the show notes. And also the video will be on my website. So you'll be able to see all of those, either just do the audio or video. So Janice Hale Harris is a seasoned professional in leadership strategies with extensive experience in achieving the best in human capital. Currently, she leads organizational development and strategy for waste management. However, what I like about Janice is these other things that she's done as well. She was the president of KH Technologies, Inc., providing coaching and consulting for business leaders, NBA and NFL players, which is kind of cool. Um, She also served as senior vice president and general manager for Lehak Terrasons, South Texas area. And in that role, she utilized her extensive experience providing world's leading names in business with a variety of career transition services, as well as executive coaching and leadership development. Janice has an MBA from Texas Women's University and a BS in communications from Syracuse University. She is also a master certified DDI facilitator, an insights facilitator, I love insights by the way, um, a Berkman facilitator, Arbinger facilitator, and a certified spiritual director. Janice is also Hogan Assessment Specialist. So you name it and she can do it. Um, She has also authored a short story and a journal series entitled Hand in Hand, a way to have meaningful physical connection to friends and family no matter where they reside. So Janice, I am so excited to have this conversation. Well, thank you. I kept thinking, who is she reading about? But (laughs) we forget sometimes, you know, I... I remember this was many, many years ago when I was looking to to transition into another role and I went and did did a video kind of um, resume thing. And this is before bi- video was big um, uh-huh. that I know that I was cutting edge. And I need to find that, by the way. Um, and, and I remember the guy saying, asking me questions. So how do you how did you do the things you did? And I was like, I don't know. I just did them. And he said, that's the challenge with executives because they do really great stuff, but they can't really tell you how they did it. They just right do it, right? So when we see ourselves in print, it's like, wow, I did kind of accomplish some cool stuff. So so tell us, Janice, let's start with kind of what you're doing now. So you're at Waste Management. Talk a little bit about your role and what you're doing and kind of the impact you're having um, where you are. Sure. So right now I'm at Waste Management. I am responsible for leadership development and organizational effectiveness. In that role, I work primarily with creating how we're going to teach our leaders to be better leaders. So leadership, whether it's at the entry level for supervisors, I spend the majority of my time though working with senior managers and senior leaders. So we've had the opportunity just recently to complete a process for our area vice presidents. And these are people who run like billion dollar sections of our business. And so we just did our first 
16-week program with them and just got phenomenal rave reviews. So I'm pretty excited awesome. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at, when you think about that kind of organizational effectiveness piece and, and working with these leaders, what I tell people is as you continue to move up the ladder, it's more about your ability to navigate and your it's not so much your technical skill anymore. It's your ability to have good political savvy and your ability to navigate kind of the culture and the business. So when you think about these leaders, like these folks run in billion dollar sections, what are the key things that you see in this role that you are helping these leaders move through? Yeah. So when we looked at it with a couple of goals in mind. It's really about helping them learn strategy in a different way. So, so many of the people in our organization grew up in the business, so they've kind of moved up the ladder. We haven't always done a great job of giving them the tools that they need as they make those transitions. To your point, they really need to be more savvy in other ways. We're not as interested in their technical skills. We don't want our CEO to drive a truck, but we want him to understand what the, what the process is and why it's important for him to understand what those folks do. So we looked at it and we said, what are the two areas that we think we can impact that will help the individual and help their business, their piece of the business that they're running? So we really looked at strategy. That was a really important piece. Most people say, I already know strategy. Once they went through this, they recognized that the way one person approaches strategy may be very different. We paired it with um, Hogan assessments. So people were able to look at what were the things that might be derailers for them that keep getting in their way so they're not able to achieve the strategic strides that they really mm-hmm. want to accomplish. Right. I love that. And because I always tell people it's whether you're building a career or building a business, it all comes down to strategy and people. Absolutely. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know who needs to be on your team? Right. Very, very true. And, and when you think about, you know, these folks, because we, especially those people who are running businesses that are real growing fast or people who are running teams or beginning to run teams. One of the challenges that I found throughout my career as well, and you mentioned it because we've talked about waste management being one of those places that really does do a lot of promotion from within. Mm-hmm. That movement, from, which, which is great, right? You have a really great opportunity to have people who do learn the business. And once they get up there, know the business. The downside of that is that they don't really necessarily have a lot of exposure to stuff that's outside. Right. And that movement from colleague to boss is a tough move. It is a very tough, it is a very tough move. And we are really beginning to recognize how we can help people do that in a better way mm-hmm. with through, I would say over the last three or four years, but typically someone is, you know, your peer, then they become your boss and they're lost because we haven't given them the tools to help them even make that transition. So we're really right. working to change that. Well, and it really is, I think, as and, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about your journey here, but that mm-hmm. movement from really focusing on how you execute, right? And, and the tactical stuff and learning as an individual to really being able to grow and, and that mental transition too mm-hmm. of, Very yes, nice. you're on my team and we're getting stuff done together to now I've got to be clear about objectives. I got to tell you what I want. I've got to give you feedback. That movement and that mindset shift is not just about, oh, today I'm a boss. It's much bigger than that. It definitely is. We actually spend quite a bit of time 
asking people to focus on mindset because nothing else can happen until that mindset shift happens. Yeah. So we, no matter how great you think you are as a leader, if you're still thinking like an individual contributor, it, it, it won't work long-term. It just yeah. doesn't work for you. I love that. I love that. And so as you look back, talk to us a little bit about your journey, kind of this, this education piece, the certifications that you got kind of and why you did that that led up to here, in particular, that movement from corporate to kind of doing your own thing and then back to corporate? You know, so it's, it's really interesting because before I actually went to college, mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to do something that was going to have an impact on people. But you don't know at 22 what that looks like. So right. I thought, I mean, I just didn't know. So I thought right. I'll get a degree in communications And I'll get involved in media because there I can be a voice of the people. So I actually spent the first seven years of my career doing the morning news at an NBC affiliate in Buffalo, New York. So my undergraduate degree is in communications. Mm -hmm. And after doing that, I realized that they were only concerned with ratings. The money was not what it looks like on the outside and the reporters and anchors, they work really, really hard, you know, for their money and for the things mm-hmm. that they do and decided that at that point, maybe I just needed to make money. Mm-hmm. So I left and came, I eventually moved to Houston, did a number of roles. I've worked for AT&T for about five years in sales and marketing. And from there, um, I went on to Microsoft, had just an amazing, amazing career working with them for nine years. And in that, I realized that making money was great. But, you know, when even as little children, we kind of know what it is that really makes our heart thump, you know, that the things that we really enjoy doing. But I didn't know how to get there. And when I left Microsoft, I actually was introduced to someone at Lee Hectarison. Mm-hmm. And when the gentleman met me, he said, you are not what I expected. And I'm thinking, I don't know what you expected. Right? <laughs> and he said, I just expected you to be more technical. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I manage people. I work in a technology industry, but I manage people. And he said, we have a role that's coming up for a senior vice president in Houston. Now, mind you, I had retired, so to speak, from Microsoft while my children were in middle school and high school. So I hadn't worked in three or four years. And I said, well, this might be interesting. So we go through the process. I get the job and I realize this is really what I wanted to do, but didn't know it even existed at 22. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in the room where I'm working with senior leaders, helping them make decisions that made a difference. One, one short story I'll tell you is uh, we were doing an outplacement and this is when ExxonMobil was merging. And I met a gentleman And he was almost in tears, had been at Exxon for 31 years, and he was being downsized. And he said to me, whatever you do, don't let your job be more important than your family. He said, I gave that. Pardon? Yeah. I was like, listeners, did you hear that? Oh, (laughs) Pay attention. And he said, I spent 31 years here, but I didn't know my son. And now my son doesn't want me to have anything to do with my grandchildren. And at that moment, 
I knew I was in the right place doing the right kind of work. I needed to just kind of create, how do I bring the best of me, what I believe is really important to make a difference one person at a time or one group of people at a time. And that was something I really, I, I needed, and I needed experience. I needed life experiences to bring to the table to really create the kind of impact that I could have for others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and what's so, so key, uh, several things that you said in there that I think we've talked about a lot on the Rutledge perspective. And one of those things is, you know, at, at 22, and we hear so many people now, at 22, yeah. we want you, this whole generation of people, follow your passion, follow your passion, and they get into something and they're not passionate about it, so they just leave. But right. do you really know what you're passionate about at 22? You just don't. I don't care how bright you are. No. You just don't. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's okay. But learn. I mean, because because the other thing you said was now you had life experience. As you went into Lehigh Terrace and you had life experiences that gave you something that was of value to bring to the table. And you and I talked about this when we met um, again and just had kind of a meet and greet, which mm -hmm. is, you know, we talk a lot about how bright people are and getting new talent in. And there's things that they know that we don't know simply because they had access to things very early that we right. didn't, right? We're still learning. That's wonderful. And there is still value to having experience, to have gone through some battles and have those battle scars, right? Absolutely. There's still value in that. And so when you look at that move, so you move to Lehigh Terrison, tell me about how that value, that experience even having decided I'm going to retire for a little bit, right? And really mm -hmm. spend some time with my family and then go back. Tell me about how that value you think really brought something different for you to be able to help people. It was the first opportunity that I had to be introduced to executive coaching. So I didn't know anything about that before then. I didn't know that people hired folks to help them figure out their life or figure uh -huh. out their careers. And I was like, this is something I think I can be good at. People told me often that I was a really good listener. My children would tease me because literally I could be standing in the line at the grocery store and somebody would just start telling me their story. And my children were like, why are they talking to you? And how do you attract these people? So I knew that I had that gift. I just didn't know how to use it. Being at Lehigh Terrison taught me how to use the gift, how to not only be a good listener, but listen with my head and my heart. And that was what people were missing. People want you to listen with your heart. So you're not just giving them the first thing that comes, you know, to the top of your mind. You're not just saying, oh, go read another book. But if I'm listening with my head and my heart, then I'm able to ask you the questions to help you find the answer. Because nine times out of 10, you know what that answer is. You just need some help uncovering it. And then, you know, so I started getting the certification so I could really understand the craft better. So I had the physical battle scars. Now I needed some education to go with it so I could couple the two and really be helpful to people. And that's just amazing. It's, we, I had a conversation with someone last week on the podcast or earlier this week, and, and it was the same thing, you know, as she decided to move forward and, and move back into corporate. We talked about this, this movement and how so many people think it's up or out, right? You got to move up, you got to move up. And they don't think about lateral moves as being valuable. And they definitely don't think about 
taking a, a role that might be lower than to move up as being valuable. And she talked about it being looking at it as a downshift, right? Not a failure, but a downshift, which mm-hmm. spoke to me because I'm a car girl. I love cars. And so that whole idea of going down, downshifting, where you get a lot more torque, a lot more power in the wheels mm-hmm. so that you can really climb that mountain, putting more tools in your toolbox. I think that's the piece that sometimes people forget is that, yes, you have this really great knowledge and book learning, as they say, as the old folks used to say, right. got book learning. And then you have this really great experience, mm-hmm. but the combination of the two is what's so powerful as you move forward. No, it's that is absolutely, yeah, ab- absolutely true. I think, you know, when you talk about moving up as being the only way around, it, it's interesting because I did move up. So I became a senior vice president and general manager. And while that was amazing, I knew that wasn't, it wasn't the be all and end all of my life. I've never been one to say this title makes me who I am because I feel like people have so much more to give than the titles that we assign to them. When So after all of that, one of the things that happened is I worked a lot with executives and part of that was bringing in other resources to help them. And I met a woman who who sold franchises and she was talking to a lot of our executives about selling franchises. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to find out more about that. And I said, well, let me see if there's something that might be a passion for me. So I actually left my job and bought a Massage Envy, therapeutic massage at an affordable price. Mm -hmm. And I owned it for four years and I don't think I've ever worked harder in my life. (laughs) Right. In my life. Yes. But those were invaluable learnings as well. I'd never managed hourly people before. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do a massage. So imagine a therapist saying, my energy's not right today. I just don't think I can work. And you're like, okay, but the book is full. Right? (laughs) I need you to come in. And so I really had to tap into a different skill set. And that was the head and the heart. That served me to get people to come to work to not steal from me because that, you know, when you're running a business like that, that is also an issue. And for people to genuinely enjoy having me as their boss. And I, that was very important to me. And that was head and heart. But when I got done, I said, if I ever go back to work full time, I am going back to corporate America and I'm going to be happy. So right. <laughs> I'm going to be happy there. Yes, I love that. And, and that's the thing. I think, you know, I always tell business leaders, especially women-led businesses, it's about leading with your heart and acting with your head, right? Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. Heart. Because sometimes we get so caught up, especially if we haven't been in corporate, right? Where you've got that, that business compliance, all that stuff drilled into you where sometimes your heart gets set aside. Many women-led businesses are very much heart-led businesses. They got into business because it was something that was going to make an impact. It's something that we knew would solve a problem. But then we get so caught up in, but we want to be nice and we want to be kind and we want to take care of everybody and we want Mm -hmm. our employees to be family and all that stuff. It's beautiful. And you have a business to run. Absolutely. And it's not unkind to be clear. It's not unkind to set expectations, right? So that whole thing you talk about, especially with executives learning how to listen and act with their head and their heart, Mm -hmm. right? It's a combination. Yes. It's a combination. I think, you know, one of the things I find interesting because 
today they say most young people will have five different careers. Well, mm-hmm. clearly I was ahead of my time. So <laughs> Me too. I've had like, you know, five different careers. But one of the things that's, you know, that's so interesting to me is that if we trust the process, every experience we have makes us better. So while running the Massage Envy was challenging for lots of other reasons, Mm -hmm. it prepared me to work with leaders at Waste Management who are managing hourly employees. But who knew that at the time? But if we know that everything that happens comes to make us better and we believe that, then we can take those lessons and we can use them and apply them in other places. I I love that. You know, every, as you see all these memes all the time, right? I know I never fail. I just learn. Right. Right. And so that whole idea of just saying yes, because when I look back at my career, my goodness, I never would have thought I'd go from accounting to you know, internal audit to MBA to professional services to ultimately HR. I, I couldn't have planned that if I wanted to, right? But all of those pieces led me to be able to be the senior level HR executive that I was able to be for the fourth largest chemical company, right, in Europe. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to then start this journey because I have that experience, those battle scars, right? And, and also that drive for a higher purpose to serve more people. Absolutely. And you never know how that's going to come. Ever. You never know. And it's always a surprise. And if you like surprises, then <laughs> right, life is the place right. where you should be. Absolutely. And to, as you said, kind of just to trust the process, learn to just say yes to stuff. Now, if something truly feels like it's not aligned, yeah, you probably need to walk away from that and say no, because sometimes rejection is protection, right? Right. You need to say no to those things. But don't let fear keep you from just saying yes to stuff, because you Absolutely. never know what that's going to mean for you going forward. And I often tell people, if you don't know, then at the moment, don't do anything. And then just ask the universe, ask God to show you the next right thing to do. It may not be the end of the line, but it's going to be the next right thing for you. And if you trust that, then the next right thing will lead you to the next right thing and the next right thing after that. And so we sometimes don't trust ourselves because we've been listening to others and we've looked at other people's journeys. We look at their Instagram posts or their Facebook page and we say, oh my goodness, I should be doing X. And all we really need to do is the next right thing for us. Absolutely. I was, I was just talking to my trainer this morning as I was doing my, my staying on my plan, right, to do my exercise this morning. And I said, I don't know what's going on, but I am getting more ads now about take this course because you don't have to do all this stuff in social media. I can tell you how to do two years of content in 30 seconds. I can tell you how to, and I think it is so easy to look at all of that stuff and say, oh, I'm so far behind. Oh my gosh, nobody's Mm -hmm. going to come to my class where I'm going to serve because it doesn't matter or my message isn't. And, and that whole idea of stepping back and saying, what have I learned? What value do I bring that is going to solve a problem for someone else? And really right. focusing on the problem solving piece, as opposed to just the, I just want somebody to just, you know, write me a check to be in this class. Because that perspective is one that is going to tend to block your blessings, so to speak. Yeah, that's funny because I just noticed Um, an ad, I guess it was an ad, an email that I received today about these internet classes and how to, I was like, I have never, 
gotten anything yeah. like that before. It like mm-hmm. network after work and hear all the things right. you can do. I was just like, where did I get this from? Let me erase right. this before I get sucked in and think, yeah, I should be doing this. Maybe I'm on the wrong path. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Well, and that I think is another key piece is get really clear, even if you don't know exactly what it is mm-hmm. that you want to do. But if you can get really clear on why you are moving and why you are doing the things you're doing, it really helps you to look at some of that stuff and say, okay, I know that's like, you know, squirrel, you know, (laughs) I know that's the next thing, but is this really something that makes sense for me right now? Or is this just Mm -hmm. the next shiny object that I'm trying to, you know, pursue? Cause that's the next thing. And that's the thing that people are doing now. Exactly. You still got to do you You still got to do you because the people who need you will find you. Absolutely. They, they, they will find you. And others who've had the opportunity to experience you mm-hmm. will tell people about you. Exactly. And, exactly. and that, you know, because people who've, who've experienced good often want to share that good with others. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are what, 7 billion people on this planet? Yeah, about there that many. Plenty, plenty to go around for everyone, right? Yes, so absolutely. The, the people who look for you are not necessarily gonna be people who look for me or the people who look for someone else. Everybody needs something a little bit different. And so you never know, and you can't be so upset, even, even in work, right? Even if right. you're running a business and you're an executive, not everyone is going to love you as their boss. Right, absolutely. Having people love you is not in your job description. No, it's not. It's not. It is not. It's okay. You do want people to respect you and you want people to to follow you and understand your vision and those kind of things. You do want that. But you don't have to be best friends with everybody you work with, colleagues or employees or superiors or subordinates. Right. That's not necessary. No. So go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say that I just think it's really important, though, as people move up in leadership, that they find that sounding board So that um, they become, they still are good listeners because all too often we get all these yes people around us. So we don't really hear the heartbeat of what's really going on. And it's so it's important for them to find those safe spaces where they can have kind of that true and authentic conversation happen. That is so important. That is so important. I think we even talked about that on the, on the group that you, you visited for us, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, you need to have people around you that are going to support you and lift you up and pull you up when you're down. Right. But you also need to have those people, true mentors, not friends. Absolutely. True mentors who are also going to pull your coattails and say, mm, you might want to rethink that, right? Or that didn't quite exactly. go the way you think it went, right? Exactly. Yeah. So when you look back over everything that you've done and, and how you have moved around and built and the risks that you've taken and the things that you've learned, what is maybe the thing that surprised you the most along your journey? Working for Microsoft probably surprised me the most mm-hmm. because now I went to work for Microsoft before Windows. If anybody remembers okay. that there was a world before Windows, I was there. And it was a small, I mean, I'm talking about a teeny tiny ad in the newspaper. And uh-huh. back then they, it was called a blind box ad. So I didn't uh-huh. even know who the company was, uh-huh. but the ad kept appearing. And I said, these people must be really having a hard time finding folks. Uh-huh. And I applied for the job and was hired 
with one interview. And you can't even get into Microsoft today doing that, but with one interview. And it was because I understood the graphical user interface Mm -hmm. from another job that I'd had that I just absolutely hated. And um, not even worth going into here because right. things, well, because things in life have changed so much and not Absolutely. just for me, but for women in the workplace. So this was definitely a challenge. This particular company was a challenge for women in the workplace. Mm-hmm. But as a result, I had learned the graphical user interface and got hired um, at Microsoft and the people that I met and the opportunities that I was exposed to were beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that was difficult though about that is there were lots of people around us who didn't believe in computers, um, who felt that there was something not healthy or right about dealing with computers. Right. And people, so people thought, why are you, particularly as a black woman, mm-hmm. getting involved in this technology? You know, black folks don't do technology. Mm-hmm. Now you can't keep us off of technology. Right. Right. But at that time, you know, we're talking, you know, the late 80s, early 90s, it was foreign in general and especially right. foreign, you know, to people of color. And so that was a, a real challenge to go and say, this is so exciting. You guys just don't know what you're missing. Right. And have people say, yeah, I don't know what's wrong with you for messing with that stuff. <laughs> right, so. right, right. And I do, and I do remember because I was at Texas Instruments when we had Texas Instruments computers, mm-hmm. just the green screen. Right, right exactly. Dos, yeah. 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 <laughs> so dating myself, but I I remember that. And the floppy disk, you know, the five and five and a quarter was it? GW basic, all of it. Yep. Yes. Oh, we've come such a long way. Well, well, even with that surprise, then along those same lines, what has been or what would you tell people would be the two key learnings that you have had over your career so far? Because we're still learning and growing, right? So far. Every day, every day. One is that you can learn from anybody. Mm. And to never feel that you know so much that there are times where you can learn from others. And that's really important. And it could be the smallest thing that happens that can shift your day, shift your mindset, if you're just really open to listening to what other people have to tell you, that's, you want to be curious. Mm-hmm. Well, what makes you think that? Um, I had someone call me yesterday to tell me about a business idea. They, and this is someone I don't even work with anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said, I was in a meeting and they were talking about some things and I thought about you. And I said, if anybody could do this, Janice could do this. Mm. wow, what a wonderful thing. I'm going to pursue this and figure out how to make this happen. And so just staying open to others and really being being willing to just kind of listen, even things that seem crazy to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I would say the second thing is don't give up your moral compass for the good of a dollar mm. because the dollar will come to you in the most perfect way if you honor your moral compass. Ah, I love that. I love that because, and you said earlier about pursuing a title, right? That was never your thing. And we are so much, I think as you said, we're so much more than the title we give ourselves, right? Or the title we give to others. 
And it's the same thing with money. Not all money is good money. Absolutely not. Oh, that's, that's really good. That's really good. And, and then I guess the final thing, actually, there's probably one more, but the next the final thing is um, along with those big learnings that you had, for those people who are thinking about either, either in their corporate career now, or they may be at a position where they're thinking, mm, I'm okay, but something's starting to not feel quite right. What is one piece of guidance you would give someone if they're kind of in that discernment process? Well, the one, the one thing that's probably most important is to network. Mm-hmm. Even during the pandemic, there are ways to network with people. Mm-hmm. So give yourself some quiet time to think about what is it that you don't like about where you're at right now? What is it that you would really like to do? And how can you connect with some people who might be doing that already? You, may, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to be open to networking to figure out what is next. I tell people network or not work. Those are your options. So you can either continue to grow and and meet people and try new things. There is an organization for just about anything you can think of. There are meetups for anything that you can think you might be interested in. And, And just so don't feel that because you're in this corporate life, that that's all there is. I watch people, even at Waste Management, feel, well, I've been here so long, I just have to stay, Mm -hmm. nobody's going to pay me what I'm making here, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Somebody might be willing to pay you more. You don't know because you've convinced yourself that this is all there is. Right. Head trash. Yes. Head trash, as my trainer says, all that head trash. That is so good, Janice, because, you know, I like that network or not work. Um, and, and not having to know all the answers right now, because we, we think we have to have it all figured out before we do anything. And, right. and as one of my coaches says, you know, the P in perfection stands for poison, right? You don't, it, it's better to be in imperfect action than to be in perfect inaction. So That's just do right. something, just do something and stay flexible and stay open so that you can pivot if you need to, because sometimes it's not what you think it is and that's okay. We can change at any moment as yes. long as we're open to doing that. One of the things I love about your website, and because your name is just such a perfect name for this, is you. You know, people need to get out of the rut and, and that, you know, they should not jump off the ledge. And so oftentimes we, you know, we jump off that imaginary ledge and we don't have to. They should call you. Thank you, Janice. I appreciate that. <laughs> they absolutely should. And we, and because I've been there and I know you've been there. If you've been mm-hmm. working more than a minute, yes. you've been in that place where you find yourself doing that drudgery, right? You just keep mm-hmm. doing the same thing. You're like, why, why does this feel so bad? And then why do I keep doing the same thing that just feels bad, right? Why can't I do something else? Or you're in an organization that truly makes you feel like you've lost your mind. You right. really think, I've lost my mind. Why? I, you know, I'm not sleeping. I, I feel like I'm crazy. I know I mm-hmm. said that. I know I used to be able to communicate well, right? And you really feel like, okay, I'm just, I've just got to get out. I got to do something. And you end up hurting yourself because you're trying to get away from something mm-hmm. as opposed to, as you said a minute ago, take some quiet time. Mm-hmm. What is it that you like? What do you want to do? What is it that you don't like? How do you begin to make a plan because sometimes you just need to sit still where you are right. until you can make a plan to move. Now, if you are in danger, if it is a really bad situation, I say move, right? Absolutely. Nobody's telling you to stay someplace that's bad, but 
take the time, give yourself the grace to, to evaluate. Yeah. There is a book that I often um, recommend to people when they're struggling with, they're really trying to move up the ladder and they mm-hmm. seem to be struggling there. And it's called hope for the hope for the flowers. Oh, I and like that. Hope for the it's, flowers. I can't remember the name of the author right now, mm-hmm. but it is a book about two caterpillars of mm-hmm. all things. It is a easy, it's an hour long read, but it is really about trying to climb that mountain and the oh. the the analogies used there are mm-hmm. are just perfect. And then having that conversation with someone else or having that conversation with right. yourself. You know, do you want to continue to be that caterpillar or do you want to turn into a butterfly? And it's, right. it's a great, it's a great read. I'm writing that down. Hope for the flowers. I love that. And we will put that in the, uh, in the show notes as well. Yes. So good. Remember to get that. So, well, Janice, I tell you what, this has been what I expected it to be. You are just incredible. And I think your journey is really going to encourage some people, um, because I, we are just trained. I won't say we're wired, although some of us are wired this way, but mm-hmm. we are trained to just do what other people tell us to do, to look and see what other people do. That's why social media is so popular, right? Everybody's trying Absolutely. to do what everybody else is doing. It's like sheep, right? We're trained to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then we get trained to lead, but we have to really work hard. Many of Many people have to really work hard to lead because yeah. we're used to the safety of numbers, the safety of doing the same thing that everybody else does. And I think your story around the willingness to move, the willingness to take a chance on entrepreneurship, because I'm telling you, entrepreneurship is not easy. It is not it easy. It is not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One you other thing I would decide you want it. Yeah. One thing I will say too is it's okay to not lead. I yes. think too many people feel they have to push because leadership is the only way I'm going to get to X. It's okay to, to, to follow. It's okay. It really is. It, it is all right if your aspiration is not to be CEO. That's right. okay. Because one, everybody's not going to be CEO in the first place. So, right. you know, so, so that is a def- definite path um, that has mm-hmm. some definite um, hurdles and mm-hmm. requirements to have. And the reality is, and we say this in HR all the time, right? You need people who are those good individual contributors or those good senior level managers or mid-level managers who really are the backbone of an organization. They're the ones that build, you know, the networks, they build the talent and they're really critical and it's okay to be there. It's okay Mm -hmm. that you are working to live, not living to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's okay. I love that. Yeah. And so it's just important for people to know that. So. Mm I love it. I love it. Well, Janice, I just appreciate so much the time that you gave me to be on the Rutledge Perspective. This was so good. I knew it. We're, I'm sure we're going to do another one. I'm sure something. Oh, well, I look it. forward to it. Thank you so much for inviting me. I loved it. And um, the work that you're doing is amazing. It's amazing. And lots of people are benefiting and growing and getting better every day. So that's it's, And that makes it all worth it. Well, I appreciate that. And I am so glad to have met you and we will definitely be putting this out guys. Please, please, please you know, look Janice up, see what she's doing. She is fantastic. Network. Yeah, Network. absolutely. A personalized message through LinkedIn. Don't just send that. Please accept my LinkedIn invite. 
send her a personalized message and say, hey, I just love to have coffee because you never that's know right. when you come out of that meeting. I'm just that, saying. That's right. So true. Yes. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Rutledge Perspective. I am so glad that you were here and we will catch you next week. Take All care. Right. Thanks. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast, and you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.